0: You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice, designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor.
1: The healthcare industry has been big business for a number of years, but it's been front and center over the last couple of years as the COVID pandemic presented the biggest healthcare crisis in decades. As the healthcare industry has grown, so have the roles related to technology. We
0: all might not understand how these big healthcare organizations work, but you know, some of them um, say there's a 50, 100 hospitals in a large integrated delivery network. They might have the hospitals, they might have affiliated physician groups, they might have their affiliated, you know, home health or care. Sometimes those decisions are made centrally. Um, the IT organization is actually strong and powerful. But believe it or not, the head of the physician technology, which is called the chief medical information officer, that's a powerful person. The person who leads that um, on for a view for nursing kind of is the uh, very powerful chief nursing um, information officer, right? These these people um, all have different needs, just like, you know, any other buying committee in tech, but they might even have different budgets or the budget might be at a department level. Um, and so it's very complex buying committee, very complex
1: process. That's Wendy White, CMO of Tiger Connect, the healthcare collaboration platform. On this episode of the B2B Nation podcast, Wendy and I talk about how the pandemic played a role in her taking a job in healthcare tech marketing, what's working in marketing for healthcare tech, and the role of virtual and in-person events in Tiger Connect Strategy. Welcome to B2B Nation. Wendy White, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do?
0: Well, hello, B2B Nation. I'm Wendy White. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer of Tiger Connect. Uh, If you haven't heard of us, we are revolutionizing how healthcare organizations communicate, helping them improve patient care.
1: All right. So you've been in with Tiger Connect in the healthcare industry for about a year and a half, I think. And when you arrived, healthcare as an industry was very much in the spotlight and kind of dominating the conversation everywhere because of the pandemic. What was that like to find yourself in the middle of an industry that was getting a huge share of the world's attention?
0: Well, you know, I think I joined the industry because of that. I had just gone through a personal experience. My father had been, uh, you know, pre, uh, a vaccine. My father had been in the hospital with COVID for almost a month. um, And I really learned a lot about how healthcare operates during that month and maybe dysfunctionally operates, right? It's, you know, as a family member um, during that period, it was almost impossible to get really an understanding of what was happening with our patient. And I don't think our patient, my father knew what was going on, right? So there was some real gaps in kind of, patient-doctor communication, doctor-family, nurse-family communication that were just an opportunity for us to solve. And, you know, obviously as well, like if you think about those caregivers, those people are under incredible stress and have been through this pandemic and beyond, you know, we talk about the great resignation happening to all of us out in the tech world, while the second most hit industry in the world with a great resignation is, is healthcare. Why? Because of the stress and the number of people who just don't think it's worth it. And we're just really short on doctors and nurses. So interesting place to be interesting industry to be working in and trying to help and solve problems
1: for. There are a lot more people involved in the care of a patient today than there were even when I was younger. <laughs> There's all sorts of specialties, and there are various levels of, of care and different facilities. And yeah, I think everyone I know can tell a story about information not being passed from one person, one team, one facility to the other.
0: I saw a super interesting statistic the other day. If you think about even like how we um, as patients are starting to uh, talk to our healthcare providers, either through like a patient portal um, or through a communication platform, like what my company provides, that technology at scale is newer than something like blockchain like we think of like blockchain as exciting and new, but actually having electronic medical records at scale is newer than blockchain. So, you know, the, the healthcare industry is going through a transformation and they do have, You know gaps in communication, and there and there are so many pieces of that chain in the puzzle. You know between the hospitals and the physician groups and the skilled nursing facilities and the allied health, and you know where you go for physical therapy or you know where you go for dialysis. It's like incredible integrated network of uh, of you know just so many people helping helping uh, care for uh, us as as patients.
1: And how does the marketing of healthcare tech differ? You talked about the newness of medical records being newer than blockchain at scale. Uh, You talked about, we've talked about all these people who are involved in patient care and in B2B we can't help but talk about buying committees who get together and make these decisions about purchasing anything. So the tactics, the sales cycle, what what stands out to you about healthcare marketing that makes it different from other B2B tech areas?
0: You know, um, we, we all might not understand how these big healthcare organizations work, but, you know, some of them um, say there's a 50, 100 hospitals in a large integrated delivery network. They might have the hospitals, they might have affiliated physician groups, they might have their affiliated, you know, home health or care Care. Sometimes those decisions are made centrally. Um, the IT organization is actually strong and powerful. But believe it or not, the head of the physician technology, which is called the Chief Medical Information Officer, that's a powerful person. The person who leads that um, on for a view for nursing kind of is the uh, very powerful Chief Nursing um, Information Officer, right? These these people um, all have different needs, just like, you know, any other buying committee in tech, but they might even have different budgets or the budget might be at a department level. Um, and so it's very complex buying committee, very complex process. And their, their careabouts are so dramatically different that if you message the same to all of them, you're going to kind of lose uh, to all of them.
1: So what would you say is the biggest challenge that your team faces in its marketing today?
0: Oh, boy. Well, you know, um, like many software companies, we have a core platform that can serve many types of clients. And so obviously, you know, deciding uh, which ICPs we're going to invest in, you know, personalizing our message to the different org types. We have a small business motion that is more like local physician groups, local behavior health, all the way up to the biggest uh, integrated delivery networks in the country, and those those motions are different. So, I think you know, like any marketing team, we're constantly looking at data, trying to decide where to put our next dollar, trying to decide like how our ICPS moving through our funnels. What can we do to improve our targeting, our personalization? I mean, it's just you know, it's it's probably no different than any other you know SaaS company out there. It's just complex. A lot of data, a lot of things to consider, a lot of, you know, decisioning around demand creation versus lead generation, brand versus demand. Like, where do you place your bets? Like, that's that's probably where we spend a lot of time thinking and looking at data and, you know, planning. All
1: right. There is a question that we ask just about everyone here on b2b nation and that is what is the one tool you cannot work without and the rules here for this question you can't choose tiger connect or the tool that you're trying to market or sell and you can't say your phone unless you're going to talk about an app that uh, a specific app that you use on your phone
0: Yes. Okay. One tool I can't live without. um, I will answer because I have both marketing and VDR under me. So I'm going to answer for each on the marketing side. Obviously I don't think any of us can live without marketing automation, but I'm not going to say that Um, uh, because it's like, so like, of course, Um, my recent tool that I can't live without is called Falcon. Um, And you kind of think of Falcon as like a data scientist in a box uh, it pulls all of my data from all my disparate marketing systems, throws it into a snowflake instance, and then allows it me to do, you know, data visualization, digging into trends, drivers, You know, multi touch attribution that really does use Markov chain modeling to do that. I have learned more about how my business behaves in the last two months as we stood that up and we got that running, and I'm addicted to it. I look at it every day, multiple times a day, Um, and I love it. I just was like a few minutes ago looking at one of our key customers to look at their journey, and I saw that you know, we've been in a relationship back and forth for 10 years and we had 17,500 marketing touches in the last four years with them. And I was like, wow, like that feels great. Right. But then I was able to click and say, well, show me the sales emails, show me the marketing email, show me the trade show and really see what were the drivers of that relationship. It was, it was great. One of the cool things that Falcon does is it has this technology called smart stitch. You know, we have like a, in in some of our buying communities are very like super complex. There's parent child relationships all over the place. And so sometimes it's not really easy to look across one account and see what's happening and what caused, uh, you know, an opportunity to pop. Um, But one thing I've learned as I've been looking through the data that stood out to me is how critical our mid funnel webinars were. Every single one of the opportunities that move fastest through our funnel attended probably multiple webinars. I had multiple, multiple people attend webinars. So, you know, people who say, Oh, you know, like people are burned out or tired on virtual events. It's, I'm not seeing that in my funnels, those, those pieces of evergreen content and even the live webinars are absolutely critical to my
1: funnel. What about in-person events? Uh, have you, healthcare and in-person events have kind of gone hand in hand in, in a number of ways. Um, how, yep. how, are you, how are you feeling about in-person events? Are you seeing return on in-person events if you're doing them? So
0: in-person events, um, definitely trade shows have come back. Um, people are social. They want to be together. Uh, we had hymns a few months ago. And um, while the attendance might have been down, we still felt it was like a very... Good event for us in terms of advancing relationships, and you know, just seeing people face to face that really help opportunities move through the funnel. We're looking ahead at second half. You know, I'm a tiny bit anxious about the new BA four, BA five wave. Everybody says is coming, um, but what I will say is, you know, uh, uh, we want to go back to regional events, user groups, you know, those small influencer dinners because they do dramatically advance relationships, and so they're they're back on our plan for second half.
1: Yeah, I think I've heard a few people say about in-person events that the numbers may be down, but the quality has maybe stayed kind the of, same or well, maybe even improved that maybe the folks who weren't going really weren't the people that wanted to talk to vendors in the first place.
0: Listen, uh, you know. Probably like every other vendor in the marketplace, we've tried things from like, oh, come and have a demo at our trade show and get some free headphones or whatever. You know, those tactics, I I think those days are gone for us. We're all about uh, making sure we're having quality conversations, not just measuring on MQLs or meetings and and saying, oh, our schedule is full. Well, who cares if, if those meetings don't convert? So yes, quality is important. That's what we saw with our last one. Numbers were down. Quality was high.
1: All right. Wendy White, CMO of Tiger Connect. Thanks for joining us on B2B Nation. Thanks to Wendy White for joining us on today's episode of the B2B Nation podcast. You can follow B2B Nation from Technology Advice on LinkedIn and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Thanks also to the Technology Advice crew, Emmy Dunn, KJ Pace, and Hunter Hill. Mnemonics in the Guild wrote our theme song. We'll catch you next time on B2B Nation.